0: Oh, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you're having a good day. Obviously, our neighbors are struggling. If you haven't heard, we had a little house fire, not at our house, but at our neighbor's house. the we, I had just finished sound check with Dale Speckman and with Jim David and was getting ready to go turn my smoker on outside for t- tonight. And all of a sudden heard the sirens and um, Michelle's like, I see the fire. And so we went over to our neighbor's house, which was the cul-de-sac next to us. It was not our cul-de-sac. It was the one next to us on Royalwood Court. But the house was totally engulfed and um, fire trucks got there and controlled it, but pretty much lost the whole house. So uh, be praying for our neighbor's. I was able to talk with them and give them my information so that we can help them through that, through the city of Fishers. And uh, just be praying. It's a tough Mother's Day for them, for sure. And so it was a total loss, but everybody's safe. They all got out. I believe it was just a couple and then their two dogs, but um, they're doing good. And our neighbors are are rallying, of course, to help them. So uh, just be praying for them. So anyway, uh, happy mother's day to you. I hope the mothers enjoyed their surprises yesterday and it was cool to get around and see a bunch of you and see your smiles and have pictures sent to us all day long and the comments and, uh, just what, what a fun time. So we hope today can be a joyous occasion for you and your family. I'm going to bring my, my friend Dale Speckman on here. He's going to lead us in some music today. And as we were, uh, Warming up and doing a sound check, he was playing his songs, and I was thinking about your mom, Dale. <laughs> those songs, those songs were were all her, man. That is for sure. I miss I miss Darlene. Yeah, she was a good one. Yeah, I've had but some- uh, she's she's here with
1: us, as is everybody else's mom who's passed in right on. an
0: awesome, glorious place. No doubt, man. Uh, it's this, this whole thing right here, like our neighbors and everything is temporary affliction, man, It's temporary affliction. And, and someday we'll all be hanging out together. Absolutely.
1: I was thinking while well, I was trying to pick songs, um, and then I never really pick them. God picks them for me. Um, but it was just, um, you know, how uh, there's been a lot of sadness lately just because of COVID and people are losing people and things like that. But, really the ultimate goal is, is, uh, to be with our Lord and savior. And there's, we're just selfish in our sorrow, but, um, you know, everyone that has already passed is in such a much better place. And that's, that's the ultimate reward. So, um, you know, I know my mom deserved it in a big way. And I I know a lot of other mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters that are there. Um, what a glorious thing, man. So, uh, these songs definitely kind of, uh, Played into that. And, um, man, I'm just happy to be
0: here. That's cool, man. I'm going to shut myself off and let you go. So, uh, have at it, my friend. All right. You guys hear me all right, I guess? Yep. We hear you good.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, you know, I was also thinking one of the greatest creations of all time is the mother. I mean, man, you guys, so strong, so, uh, courageous. Um, fearless i mean moms are the bomb so uh you youngins out there that sometimes get a little upset with your mom and um think she doesn't know what she's talking about uh enjoy and relish the time um they definitely know what they're talking about and would we'll go to the ends of the earth for you so um god's greatest creation in my eyes and uh just so honored to be with all you moms today, and uh, let's play some music. Got two songs for you today. Um, one of them's kind of long, so I, I figured I wouldn't, wouldn't go for 40 minutes like sometimes I can do. So uh, enjoy your day, ladies. Um, you guys deserve it so much. So.
2: oh
1: Yeah, I'm hearing a ton of static on my end now. And yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Jim, as soon as you put the lyrics up, it like great. There we go. Wow. It was before the lyrics. It's somebody's hot mic. You just, just got to find it.
0: All right. Um, all right. Well, we didn't see it. I think it's
3: gone, so let's try it again. Spiritual warfare,
2: (laughs) far from home. I get lost, but I press on. There's a mansion, the streets of gold. Where I belong Yeah, there's day Coming soon Where the hope Will be made new Heaven's glory Shines like the morning before our eyes. When we all see Jesus, when we all. more sickness, no more madness, no more pain, when we all see Jesus face to face. With angel voice, say When we are
1: Oh, very relevant to what I know a lot of people been going through these days. That song. All right. This is kind of a fun one. Man, talk about reminding me of my mom. Um there's a lot of these songs, but uh man, we used to sit in the pew at Northside and belt this thing out, and this is the greatest Southern Baptist song of all time in my eyes. Just the way it sounds. It's got a little swing to it.
2: strong. Under thee, dear Lord, under thee, just closer walk with thee, grant Jesus is my peace. In times of trouble, my Lord and Savior comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, He is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be.
1: Happy Mother's Day, guys. Love y'all.
0: Hey, man, that was awesome. Thank you. I see what you did there.
1: You see what I did there?
0: Yeah, you worked uh, a third song into that second song. I did. That's why I only (laughs) did two songs. (laughs) Hey, I like your studio, man. That's sharp looking.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks. I've been busy. I've been busy. I've been busy.
0: Man, that looks cool. Nice work. Well, happy Mother's Day to Shelley. Love you, man. Love you, too. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to ask my friend uh, Brent Sutton to come on here and do the prayer time for us this morning. So, so, Brent, come on up here. There you are. What's up, my brother? Hey, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to Jody. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> from the from the background,
0: yes. Okay, I, how are the Suttons doing? We're good today.
3: Yeah. Day. Yeah, we're good.
0: Right on, man. Most
3: days. Hey, I just, um, um, I, 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 I just have to thank you. Yesterday It was uh, uh, for asking me to be a part of um, uh, delivering uh, gifts to the moms. Uh, it was just, it was a blessing to me. Um, and I don't know, I just, uh, that's why I reached out to you and I was like, man, I just, I just want to, uh, share a little bit. So, um, I know that, um, we've got a lot of stuff, uh, in our community going on, obviously the, the fire, uh, this morning close to you and, and we've got a lot of folks that, um, have, uh, lost some loved ones over the past week and, and, um, uh, just, uh, lots of stuff, lots of uncertainty and yesterday driving around and um being able to drop the gifts to to those mothers um and just see the smiles uh on their faces um and uh it was just so cool it was so cool and the one thing that I talked with several uh people about yesterday is just the uncertainty of everything that 's going on with uh with the virus and lockdown and just um, just uncertainty we don't know you know it, and I was just cruising around uh, in the car dropping those off and just uh, it was me and the spirit we were rocking out and um, I just thought uh, you know I'd I'd like to just uh, I'm gonna try and I, I got a verse I want to share with everybody uh, well, actually a few verses um, and this hit me yesterday in the car because I was just listening to music so I'm gonna I'm gonna read this verse and uh If you hear uh, Mac Powell, it's it's because, but this is in uh, Psalm 36. Uh, It says, your loving kindness, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountain of God. Your judgments are like a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance over your house. And you give them to drink of the river of your delights for with you is the fountain of life in your light. We see light. That's what I saw yesterday stopping and seeing our moms and, uh, and the smiles, um, just the, the spirit shining through smiles and light and kind words. And that's the only thing that's constant. Everything now, and and that we see, um, all the time is is changed, but there's one thing that's constant and that's God's love and faithfulness, and just the message that the spirit lives within us and seeing that, um, just in the smiles and the faces, it's unexplainable. Um, you know, I've talked to, I've said to, to Matt in the basement on Fridays at Tully's and, you know, so much of us, um, as, as humans we want to explain the unexplainable um and sometimes you just can't and that's the beauty of it that's where the faith takes us and i just enjoyed um doing that yesterday it was a blessing to me more than probably to the moms just uh being able to see those smiles and and uh um see the spirit and that it was just cool so should, should uh, i, just, should I just let you teach today uh, no, no, you don't want me to teach, but uh, I just wanted to share that. I mean, I, it was just—it was awesome. It was—it was just so awesome for me, and and uh, this this Levener family community, um, and I'm just so thankful um, that it has been a part of my life for for many many years, ups and downs, and the constant thing is uh, God's faithfulness and His Spirit. So. Um, And man, that's just what I wanted to share. So, um, I know we've got, um, folks that are still battling this virus or family members. And, um, obviously the, uh, the folks that have uh, had the fire this morning and, uh, so many other things that I probably, I know I'm not aware of, but, um, Lord is in control and, uh, God, I just thank you for, uh, our moms and mothers today. Um, some are here with us, and some are with you. Uh, they are a blessing. And Lord, uh, the thing that, uh, that just struck me is, uh, spoke to me, is, is you're the constant. Um, you are the constant, the great physician. You know all things, and uh, Lord, I just thank you for loving us, and I thank you for this community and uh, your spirit just revealing the truth to us. I ask uh, that you be with all of us today and throughout the week in this ever-changing world, and that we keep our eyes on you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Nice work, dude. If I was near you, I'd kiss you. But
3: and we already got reported for hugging in the cul-de-sac yesterday.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, the sheriff saw that. So <laughs> I just just let everybody know that was your notification going off that that bottle opener thing. Possibly. Yeah. That's not Jody over there popping a bunch of beers while you're praying, I don't think.
3: Not yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love you guys. You guys good?
3: Yeah, we're good. Love you.
0: You're not doing anything with your dad's service or anything at this point, are you?
3: Uh no, we uh he we let he let uh I guess was laid to rest. The the earth suit was laid to rest Friday and uh we'll gather when we can uh Can all gather together and not have to worry about uh, six feet social distancing and uh, share a favorite story with him? But um, man, he's—I got a message from Keith um, after he I posted, I think, on Facebook, and uh, my dad was—he was rejoicing. Right on, man. I take—I take comfort in that. So
0: right on, yeah. And your mom is in her own little world.
3: She is. She is. I can't wait. Uh, no, nah, I'm not going to say it.
0: No, so, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. It's all good, man. Yep. Hey, I appreciate you, brother. I love you. Love you too. All right. See you, buddy. See ya. Man, uh, there's a lot going on. That's for sure. So, uh, thanks for joining us late. Sorry. We're going at 11 o'clock today. I won't go real long because I know you got some mother's day plans and things like that, but, We're just coming to a great point in the story here at the end of chapter 16 of Acts. And I just wanted to pick up and where we left off. If you remember where we left off last week, we were with Paul, Silas, Timothy and Luke. And they were in Philippi and they were with Lydia. Lydia came to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she went and told her whole family and they all got baptized. Things were going really well for them. Just like this morning, things were going really well. Mother's Day is all planned out. We did great yesterday. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's a fire in our neighborhood. Just like that. The things changed. Going well, what would you expect to happen? It's just like Dell said when all the static came up in his song. It's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. So why wouldn't Paul and Silas, Timothy and Luke? face spiritual warfare. Look what it says in verse 16. Once, as we were on our way to prayer, a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She made a large profit for her owners by fortune telling. So we know that they're still in Philippi, and now they've been there so long that they've kind of developed a routine of going down and praying by the seaside and this slave girl, obviously she had employers because it talks about owners as in plural. She was clairvoyant. She could see the future and tell the future. And how is that different than a prophet? Well, a prophet is going to tell you things about the future that pertain to the Lord. And the other thing is a prophet is never wrong. Whatever a true prophet says from the name of the Lord, it will be true. In verse 17, it says, As she followed Paul and us, remember Luke is writing this now in first person, she cried out, These men who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation are servants of the Most High God. She did this for many days. So now we know that she followed the four for many days. And she began listening to what they were proclaiming. The good news, this clairvoyant, fortune-telling slave girl was hearing the gospel for the first time. And then she began making her own proclamations concerning the subject matter of the four, what they were talking about. Remember, there are no Jewish synagogues, so there were very few Jews in this Roman province. So this was naturally a polytheistic society. They believed in many gods. But now Paul is talking about the most high God. And who did they think the most high God was? Well, in that culture, they thought it was Zeus. They thought Paul and Silas were talking about Zeus. Okay, so now we're proclaiming that you can have salvation through Zeus. They were okay with that. What she was proclaiming made no difference to the public walking by this whole scene. But who did it annoy? Look, if, if I was out on the street and I was doing this as a daily routine, teaching this message, and somebody came, <clears throat> somebody came up and said that I was teaching something that was, was not true, I would have been frustrated too. Paul was frustrated day after day this slave girl was undermining the message that Paul was declaring. And it says, Paul was greatly annoyed, turning to the spirit. And that's not capitalized. Turning to the spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out right away. (laughs) I sat here this week as I read that and I thought, how did he deliver that line? I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Did he do it calmly? Did he do it out of irritation? Was he frustrated? Did he do it with passion? Or did he even do it with compassion because he felt sorry for her? The cool thing is, he didn't even have to call it by name. He just said, come out. It says in verse 19, when her owners realized that the hope of profit was gone, They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. So what happened is this public scene had gone on for days and days, and the local authorities had refused to deal with the confrontation between the Gentile slave girl and the Jewish teachers. There was an incident, and nobody was dealing with it. Then once the owners realized they were going to lose their profits from the slave girl, they did a citizen's arrest and they took Paul and Silas to the town square and to the authorities. There is no mention of Timothy or Luke in this situation. In fact, if you notice, verse 17 was the last time that Luke, who's the author of Acts, used the first person reference. All of a sudden, from that verse 17, chapter 16 it changes we believe well it changes back in acts chapter 20 verse 6 when paul and silas actually returned to philippi so we believe that probably what happened at this point is paul and silas were separated from timothy and luke and that timothy and luke stayed there in philippi and ministered to the young church we assume that just because he went from first person to third person at this point verse 20 it says this bringing them before the chief magistrates they said these men are seriously disturbing our city they are jews and are are promoting customs that are not legal for us as romans to adopt or practice for some reason paul or silas never dropped the words We are Roman citizens. They didn't use that card for some reason. They kept it quiet because he's used it before. He is a legal Roman citizen. But now these people were saying three things. First of all, they're Jews. They're not Romans. They're not part of us. Secondly, they're causing a public uproar. And third, this good news was against the Roman Empire which really wasn't a law until later in history. What they were doing wasn't illegal. They just said it was. Verse 22 it says, "The crowd joined in the attack against them, and the chief magistrate straight stripped off their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods." In other words, now there's public protest in the streets. Does all this seem familiar this week? Verse 23 says, After they had severely flogged them, they threw them in jail, ordering the jailer to guard them carefully. They were arrested and flogged right in front of everyone so that everyone could see they were being dealt with. And therefore, they should return to their homes and stop protesting. You know, Paul talks about being flogged several times. This was one of the three floggings that he talked about. If you go to Second Corinthians chapter 11, he said this, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning, three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the open seas. On the frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers. Toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold, and without clothing, not to mention other things, there is daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. Everything that Paul was doing, everything that he was doing brought him tragedy, it seemed like. So now this is one of the three times that he was flogged. And the jailer. He had a major responsibility to keep them there. Otherwise, there would be more public outcry if they were escaped or if they were even released. Verse 24, it says this, receiving such an order, he put them into the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. Their feet were placed in wooden stocks, which were likely fastened to the wall, and often such stocks were used as instruments of torture. There were several holes in the, around the legs and it allowed them to stretch their torso. It doesn't say that Paul or Silas got tortured in here, but that's what was going on. The entire emphasis right here is how tight the security was because they didn't want Paul and Silas to escape. Now watch this. Here comes the cool part. Verse 25. About midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. (laughs) Let, Let me stop right there for a second, because that is a huge passage of Scripture. Instead of complaining or calling on God to judge their enemies, the two men prayed, and they sang songs. It was like a sacred concert right there in the jail, and people were listening to them. It was like God gave them a song in the middle of the night. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, any fool can sing in the day. It's easy to sing when you can read the notes by daylight, but the skillful skillful singer is he who can sing when there's not a ray of light to be read. Songs in the night come only from God. They're not in the power of men. (laughs) I have many songwriting friends, that's for sure. And the cool thing is they keep a pad of paper and a pencil or their phones by their beds at night because they wake up in the middle of the night with a song on their heart and they want to remember it. They know if they go back to sleep, they'll forget it. I believe that prayer and singing to God are powerful weapons during the night. I highly encourage, I've encouraged my wife, I've encouraged my sister, I've encouraged others. Keep headphones by your bedtime at night. Have a playlist. We have a comfort playlist that we've even put together at Levner that we would love to share with you. And then don't even be afraid to call out the name of Jesus. This is exactly what Paul and Silas were doing at midnight. Verse 26, it says this. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. Now, wait a second. He was going to kill himself because it would have been more honorable for him to die by his own sword than to die by failing the Roman magistrate. He was literally putting the sword to his own flesh. Watch this. Verse 28, it says, but Paul called out in a loud voice, don't harm yourself because we're all here. Paul, it's dark. It's totally dark in this place. But Paul His instincts heard the sword being taken out of the sheath, heard it drawn, and obviously heard the jailer who was crying maybe in agony or in fear, but Paul called out because no one could see what was happening. It was so dark, and he immediately took command of the situation. It says in verse 29, the jailer called for lights. It was dark, and they rushed in with lights and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. There was no light switch. It's kind of like, uh, you, you know, the Christmas candlelight service when the pastor passes the first candle and all the light begins to spread. That's what happened here. The lights came in, and they were able to see, and all of a sudden they saw Paul and Silas, and they knelt down right in front of them because they couldn't believe. They didn't leave. Verse 30, it says, he escorted them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see, I don't think it was just because they didn't escape during an earthquake. Earthquake. I believe that all night, Paul and Silas were preaching and singing and talking about the good news. And all night, the jailer heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Watch this. It was the jailer who was the prisoner, not Paul. Paul not only saved the man's life, but pointed him to eternal life in Jesus Christ. He was about to kill himself. Paul stopped him and led him to Jesus. Verse 31, it says, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's it. Just believe. You and your household. Now, that wasn't like you're you're going to believe and your whole house gets saved. That wasn't just a whole contract there. Paul knew what was going to happen. It says, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everyone in the house. (laughs) Now, the legalist in the church would have replied, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. But this wasn't what Paul was teaching. Paul was teaching faith in Jesus Christ. You can go throughout the whole book of Acts and see that the emphasis is on faith in Jesus Christ alone. Not the law, not circumcision, not even doing anything. And each family member had to make their own decision. Verse 33, it says, he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away, he and all his family were baptized. Did you see that? Look at that again. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. The jailer washed Paul and Silas' wounds from being flogged the day before. He took care and washed their wounds. And right away, he and all his family were baptized. The jailer washed their wounds, and in the same verse, they had their own wounds washed with a ceremonial baptism. That's awesome. Verse 34 says he brought them into the house, set a meal before them and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. Paul and Silas were at the jailer's house and he told them all about Jesus. They all believed. They all got saved and they all got baptized. Verse 35. That's how the Lord works. When daylight came, The chief magistrate sent the police to say, release those men. (laughs) I'm sure when Luke wrote this story, he was not surprised at all about this miraculous release because it had already occurred once before in Acts chapter five. Verse 36, it says the jailer reported these words to Paul. The magistrates have sent orders for you to be released. I'm sure he said that with a smile on his face. So come out now and go in peace. It doesn't say that they went back to prison. The jailer could have given them the news at his house or they actually returned to prison. I'm assuming that they returned to the prison to be released. Verse 37, it says, but Paul said to them, they beat us in public without a trial. Although we are Roman citizens, oh, now he plays the Roman citizens card. He didn't play it the day before, but now he is, and threw us in jail. He threw Roman citizens in jail, and now they're going to send us away secretly? Certainly not. On the contrary, let them come themselves and escort us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates. They were afraid. Then they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. All of a sudden, the alarms went off, just like they did about 9.30. The sirens were going off, and everybody was just running. This is what happened. Paul and Silas are Roman citizens? Oh, no. What did we do? They abused Roman citizens, and it was a serious offense. The magistrates could be removed from office. And even the municipality could have its rights reduced there in Philippi. For instance, the emperor could deprive Philippi of all privileges of its colony status for such an offense. They messed up. Paul and Silas knew it. And they were going to make him correct it publicly. Verse 39. So they came to appease them. And escorting them from prison, that means that they were back in prison, they urged them to leave town. It was essential that the young Christian community have a good reputation among the authorities if its witness was to flourish. That's why Paul waited strategically to say we're Roman citizens. He wanted the authorities to be able to let those new believers be able to talk about Jesus in the midst of the absence of Paul and Silas. It was all well thought out. Was that Paul? Or was that the Spirit leading Paul? You see, Christians broke none of the Roman laws there. It would be a continuous emphasis through the whole story of Acts. In this instance, where Paul and Silas were totally innocent of any wrongdoing, they hadn't done anything wrong. And it was important that all the magistrates acknowledge it. Verse 40 it says, After leaving the jail, they came to Lydia's house, where they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters and departed. Paul and Silas walked out of the jail, innocent not having done anything wrong and they stayed long enough to go to Lydia's house and others houses and encourage them and make sure that they were good. Just like Brent was talking about, it was so good to hit those homes yesterday when we haven't seen you in such a long time to leave you a little gift to encourage you to say, Hey, We are in this together as a Leavener community, as believers in Jesus Christ. It's a big deal. We're here to minister to you. That's my prayer for you today. My Father, I pray that you would just bless this family, this Leavener community, those that are believers in Jesus Christ, those that love you, and because of our love for you and your love for us, we love one another. And today we are thankful for our mothers, all that they have done for us and do for us. Those that are here those that are already with you, Lord, we trust that today is just a good day for our family. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for our loved ones here. And I just thank you for this story, this incredible story of Paul and Silas being able to tell the good news. And the people of Philippi come to know you as Lord and Savior. May we do that here in our own community. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.